0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. So the series that we've been looking at is changed. So it's only fitting that I'm going to change my intro and potentially the rest of the sermon. We'll see. Um, So just what Carrie brought, really, during the, the time of worship really struck me about our plans and what we do. If you have your Bibles, feel free to turn to Matthew 4. Um, We're literally only going to be there for a second, I think. (laughs) Um, But Matthew 4, verse um, 17 says this. From that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So repent comes from the noun metanoia, which means changed mind, or changed thinking. And so the start of Jesus' public ministry, he's proclaiming, actually just to say, John the Baptist, who prepared the way for Jesus to came, come, what did he say? He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And when Jesus, in Mark's account of this, Jesus actually says, the time is fulfilled, so he's saying the kingdom of heaven is here. The day of the kingdom has started. Not fully yet, but it started. But both instances, we're told to change our thinking. We're to change our thinking because the kingdom of heaven is here, the kingdom of heaven is within reach. Jesus then, if you jump down to verse 19, starts to call some of his disciples. He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I'm not sure if any of you have seen, I, don't, I can't remember whether they were there before the service started or not, but it's nipped out to go to the lure a it goes, and there's footprints all the way leading to where stepping stones, oh, I presume it's stepping stones, are <laughs> meeting today. But it gave something to follow. And do you know what Jesus is calling us to do? He's calling us to follow him in all things at all times. So actually, it's okay to have plans. It's okay to have hopes. It's okay to have dreams. And hopefully most of what we're carrying is from God. But our priority needs to be following Jesus. And Jesus says, if you follow me, I will make you fishes of men. I will do the making. If you look to me, if you follow me, there will be change. But this comes from a place of repentance. It comes from a place of changing the way we think we've been singing loads of wonderful truths this morning about God I wrote down some of them and I cannot read them <laughs> um, but I mean, one of the things we were talking about was majesty wasn't it God's majesty and I quickly looked it up you'll quite often see me on my phone during worship times or things like that it's because I'm looking up things to do with usually what I think God's speaking to me about. And one of the things was impressive beauty. But one of the other things that defined it yeah, as an victory was royal power. And actually, we've been looking at all morning, haven't we, about the royal power, about the power of God coming and changing things. And the reason why I've just started there is I feel that like God wants us to comprehend that He is King and that His kingdom is coming here on the earth yeah. and actually, and as we think in line with that truth we will live differently and so I'm still going to be talking on the whole I think the same as what I intended to but I just felt that was, that was a really important thing to start with is that actually Jesus is king and his kingship needs to change the way we think and if it doesn't change the way we think we won't live as he is calling us to live. And if we're not going to live how he's calling us to live, we're not going to have changed churches and changed lives and changed communities. So my focus for us today is how are we anointed or, or how we are anointed to bring good news to our communities. And as we spend, on, spend some time unpacking this, I want to look at the basically focus on the ministry of Jesus and his disciples. If you were to do a study on what's the theme, does anybody know what's the main theme of Jesus' is preaching and teaching while he's on the earth? Yes, the kingdom of God. We see it from the start here, at the start of his public ministry, all the way through, he's proclaiming the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When he sends out the 12 disciples, he sends them out and says, proclaim the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He sends out the 72 He anoints them. He sends them out and says, proclaim the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When Jesus appears to the disciples after his resurrection, before ascending to be with the Father, in Acts 1, we see that he appears to them over a course of 40 days. And what does he speak to them about? The kingdom. Jesus is preoccupied with the kingdom. And he wants us to be. He wants us to change the way we are thinking that we become preoccupied with what he is occupied with. So Jesus came, bringing and proclaiming good news wherever he went. And this good news was the gospel of the kingdom. He went from place to place, not only teaching about the kingdom of God, but proclaiming the kingdom of heaven is at hand and seeing it break in. Jesus modeled for us what it is for words, works and wonders. I was originally going to look in detail at lots of different bits, well, not massive detail, but an overview of the, Ma- of the Gospel of Matthew, just at all these different instances of Jesus talking about the kingdom, and we've seen the kingdom coming, but I decided just to hone in on Matthew 9, verse 35. It might work, it might not. I was a very, there we go, Lovely. So it says, and Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching and their synagogues God and proclaiming. So, basically everywhere Jesus went he's teaching and he's proclaiming that the gospel or the good news of the kingdom and, and at other places it says is at hand and he's healing every disease and every affliction. So God it, Jesus is speaking to people talking to people But it's also bringing freedom to people. You see, when the fall happened, when man sinned, humanity gave, basically, the right for Satan to rule over the world. It says in scripture that, that we're in the domain of darkness, that Satan is ruling. And Jesus came to transfer us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. About the kingdom of God, or even the kingdom of heaven, it's the same thing. What we're talking about is the rule and reign of God. And the reason why Jesus says the time is fulfilled when he started his public ministry for the kingdom uh, kingdom to be at hand is because the the kingdom can't be at hand without the king, who is announcing the king is here. It was a fulfillment of that prophecy saying, Behold, the king is coming. Jesus is saying, the king is here. So it's the rule and reign of God. Michael Eaton calls it the royal activity of God. I rather like that one. When Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, what's he say? He says, pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. What's the starting place? It's talking about intimacy, isn't it? The starting place is saying, Father, our Father. It's recognising that we see the kingdom come. We're to prioritise seeing the kingdom come, but from the place of intimacy and relationship. The Bible's clear that the kingdom of God will not fully come before Jesus returns. But it's also really clear that that's what we should be giving our lives to pursuing. Sam really helpfully, in one of the weeks, looked at some of the Sermon on the Mount. And in there, it talks about how, do not worry about what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear. We're in the cost of living crisis at the moment, there are things we could be worrying about, aren't they? They are the things that could be preoccupying our mind that could be controlling the way we're thinking. And Jesus says, don't worry about these things, for your father knows you need them, but seek first the kingdom of God, and these things will be added to you. That doesn't mean we don't ask God for our daily bread. As we know, that's part of of how we're taught to pray. But actually, we're to be preoccupied with the kingdom. We're to be thinking in line with the king and what he's doing. Jesus doesn't just want us to seek his kingdom through prayer. But also he wants us to proclaim it. And he wants us to see evidence of it in people's lives around us. If we turn to Matthew 10 and we'll, go, we'll read verse 1 and then we'll read verses 5 to 8. But this is just after the first bit of scripture that we read out, where it says Jesus was proclaiming the kingdom and healing every disease, every sickness, etc., uh, and then Jesus just say, "Praise the Lord of the harvest to send out labourers into the field, into the harvest." And so, and then we get to this point. It says, "He who called, and he called to him his twelve disciples, and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, and to heal every disease and every affliction." These twelve Jesus sent out instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and into no town of Samaritans, Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep or the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You receive without pain, give without pay. That is daunting. All right. I mean, who here... Looks at, looks at some of that maybe we could go back to verse 1 that's alright so Jesus gave his disciples authority over unclean spirits to cast them out to heal every disease and every affliction I look at that and I say oh, I can't do that who here thinks they can do that Ezra does I'm sorry mister you can't on your own Okay, the whole point is, we're called to something that we can't do on our own. We're called to something, and the reality is, though, some of those things can even be a little bit taboo in the church in the West, can't they? Particularly if you talk about casting out demons and things like that. It's not something that we really talk about much in the church, but actually, it's part of the kingdom of God coming. It's basically just recognising that there's going to be strongholds in people's lives that the enemy has got hold of, and we want to see those strongholds demolished. And we can see those strongholds demolished because Christ has raised from the dead, is seated with the Father, and has all authority in heaven and earth and commissioned us to go and make disciples. Disciples are those who are followers of Jesus. And we are called to follow him, and he will make us fishers of men. if you leave up verse 1 for a second where, where does it start? it starts with Jesus calling people to himself it starts with intimacy again anywhere we're looking to see the kingdom of God come it starts from being near Jesus it starts from being with him our eyes need to be focused on him I don't know if any of you have noticed, but there's been a theme recently in our worship over a number of weeks about the kingship of Jesus. About him being our king. That's not been a purposeful thing by the worship team. But, I think God is speaking to us. I think God is saying, I am king. Come on guys, worship me for the fact that I am king. See that I am king. Live in line With the fact that I am king. So Jesus then equips his disciples. It says he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out. And to heal every disease and every affliction. Jesus is the king of kings. He is the lord of lords. He is the one who has made everything. He is the potter. And yet he delegated, he sent out, he he sent his disciples basically as ambassadors of the king to bring his royal reign in the world. I think what's next is is so important. Jesus says, you received without paying, give without pay. You received without paying, give without paying the disciples had received something of the gift of the kingdom of God freely in their lives it was not earned it was a grace gift it was by the grace of God and they had to do the same to others just as now Jesus sat on the throne of their lives they now have something to give you see the work of God is not to be stagnant Maybe there are testimonies in your life of things where God has set you free from something. Maybe God has healed you or something. Maybe there's an area of your life you were struggling with. Maybe there's a past hurt or pain or something. And God has brought you freedom in that area. That's really good and that's so great and that's so amazing. But God doesn't want that to stop there. He brings you freedom that you can then bring freedom to others. You see, it's, it's almost a bit like dropping a stone in a pond and the ripples go out wider and wider and wider. And what we see here is that it started with the king coming and he's like the, the, the initial stone. And as he falls, as he goes into the water, his kingdom light spreads out and touches others. And they them, themselves almost become stones that then spread out and touch others and spread out and touch others. And we get this wonderful picture of God saying, I want my kingdom to come and touch the whole world. I want everyone to see that I am king. I want to bring everyone to freedom. It's the love that he gave himself. He loves us. He loves his world and he wants freedom to come in his world. And that is the good news that we are anointed to bring. The good news that we are appointed to proclaim. I've had some frustrations recently with seeing the kingdom of God come. I've had some wonderful moments where I've praised and celebrated, whether it's seeing healing, whether it's seeing peace come to someone that needed peace. Like There's part of me right now that is so stirred that the Prince of Peace wants people to know his peace. That if I know someone here or anywhere that hasn't got peace... I just want to lay hands on you. I just want to say, and and I have utter faith that God will bring peace. Because he is the Prince of Peace, and he wants his peace to come. But I've had frustrations as well. I've had people I've prayed for for healing, and they've not been healed. And I was really struggling the other night, and I love the way that sometimes you just turn to the next page in the book that you were due to, to be reading... And it was everyone who witnessed this book, and Mike Betts was just talking about how the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. So it's one of the parables of what the kingdom of heaven is like. And it starts off small, in fact, it's the smallest of seeds, but it grows, and it grows bigger, and it grows bigger, and it grows bigger than all the other plants in the garden to the point where it's a tree and then animals can find rest in it, and home and shelter in it. And I really felt, God speaking to me, that what we're seeing is the seed has been sown. We're starting to see growth. We're starting to see the kingdom come. But we need to keep pressing in. And as we keep pressing in, more and more. We will see more and more. I don't know if any of you have heard of John Wimber, but he was uh, someone, I'm not even sure was he involved in leading vineyard, I think, the vineyard movement, but he moved mightily and powerfully in signs and wonders, particularly in healing. I think it was years of him praying consistently for those that were sick before he started to see breakthrough. And then he said quite often at conferences he'd have people come up to him or even a few weeks later and say to him I've put into practice everything that you've said and I've prayed for lots of sick people they've probably been like two or three over the last few weeks and no one's healed. I just feel demoralised. I'm going to give up. And he always said to them come and speak to me when you've prayed for a thousand people. And what he's saying is The kingdom of God is of small beginnings, okay? Mm. And we prophesy in part and we see in part. And the reality is Jesus modeled for us a life of doing only what he sees the Father in heaven doing. And as dearly beloved children, he says that by his spirit, he reveals to us all that the Father is doing. But we still struggle to see clearly. We still struggle to see clearly what he's doing. But we are... What we want to do is step out. Mm -hmm. What we need to do, and I'm not saying every single person that you come across that is sick or struggling or needs peace or anything like that. I'm not saying just kind of run around like a lunatic praying for everyone. But what I am saying is listen to the Spirit's prompting. Listen to the whisper of the Father. Sometimes God will speak to you so loudly and so clearly you will know this is what I'm to be doing. This morning, I didn't want to speak on this this morning, if I'm honest. Um, I wanted to speak on the kingdom of God, and I felt that's what God was saying. And, but there's kind of other areas I wanted to touch on. It's a bit scary talking about particularly like healing and seeing people set free, because the reality is I can do nothing about it. I could talk on some other things and tell you this is what the Bible says, and say, go put it into practice and do it. And, and that kind of like is easy in a way, if that makes sense. Whereas this... The only way we see this happen is by the king moving. Do you get what I mean? It's scary to talk on. But I got to the point late last night where I realised the reason why my sermon didn't come together is because I was avoiding what God was telling me to do. (laughs) And I think this is a timely word for us as a church. What God's really spoke to me in that actually is he drew me back to that prophecy and we've, we've shared quite a bit about There's a prophetic word given to us about a well or spiritual activity among us as a church. And a specific part of that is for healing. And not just physical healing, emotional, spiritual, and uh, physical healing. And I just feel like God's saying that is part of the good news that you are anointed to bring to people. We've touched on so many other things in this series and they're all really good and so important and we need to be giving ourselves to those things. But I feel like God is also saying this is also important. If we're looking to be good news, to bring good news to people in this season, what better news is there than there is a king who humbled himself, who died for you, that you might have life and have it to the full. And as, you, and as you make him king of your life and follow him and seek first his kingdom, he will provide you every need. It's amazing, isn't it? It is amazing. Not everyone will be healed now. The kingdom is now, but it's also not yet. And it's really important that we learn to, to wrestle through those disappointments. And I'd say do it quickly. Don't let them foster. Uh, Grant Lee and Floss did an amazing session during, uh, just before going to the summer or into the summer about dealing with disappointments. And actually, it's, it's re- disappointment is one of the things that holds us back from pressing forwards in these things. We pray for three people, we pray for four people, we don't see breakthrough. During our recent Prayers of Many event in Kings Hill, I felt God lead us to pray for people who needed healing. Uh, And so I stepped out and shared it with the other leaders that, that were there, and we had a time of praying for people who needed healing. I've only heard, one way or another, about one person. But I know that there was one lady there who had pain all over her body, was prayed for and left with no pain. God. God is good and he yeah. is amazing and that wouldn't have happened or it might not have happened if I hadn't stepped out and said I feel God is saying we need to pray for the sick this evening, I feel God wants to do something. God values our obedience yeah. and do you know what, sometimes we might even be utterly convinced that God wants to heal someone and we pray for them and we don't see anything happen. Do you know what? God loves your obedience. When we get into heaven, God is not looking to say, Well done, you've healed this many people, because we couldn't heal anyone in the first place. But what He's looking to say is, Well done, good and faithful servant. And that's what we want to do. We want to be people who are, who are faithful to Him and faithful to what He is doing. Like I say, a, a really big thing. Is intimacy. I've just read, um, I can't remember what it's called, so there's Wendy Mann's book, Naturally Supernatural. Mike Pilavacci and Andy Croft did a book which is basically the same thing, not being weird at seeing God's kingdom come. Um, and as part of that book, um, my mind has completely gone blank while I was trying to think of the name. Um, pardon? It's also called Naturally Supernatural. There we go. That's helpful. That's really helpful. But they start that book in the place of anyone that they know that is seeing the kingdom of God come powerfully is not preoccupied with the miracles themselves and the healings themselves, but they're preoccupied with intimacy with the father and intimacy with Jesus. At Growth Group on Wednesday, we were talking about this series and we were sharing actually, what what has God been speaking to us about? And it was really exciting actually hearing the amount of things that people were already doing in response. As we heard last week, walking humbly with God, we need to hear, but we also need to obey. We need to respond in some way. And one of the things that really spoke to me was when Sam was talking, uh, I think it was 2 Corinthians 5, I think it was, about the Macedonians giving and the fact that they gave beyond themselves to the needs of the rest of the church that was in trouble. Now, the Macedonians were in a really hard place of being persecuted and didn't have much, but they gave beyond themselves. But what really struck me in that was the fact that it says just before that, that it says, first, they gave themselves fully to God, and then by his will, gave beyond themselves and I just I just feel that God's just just calling to us calling to us this morning and just saying fully give yourself to me and I will show you what I want wanting to do for you but follow me follow me daily and this will be an, a fun adventure together because you know what it's, this is serious stuff But also, He's a loving Father. And actually, God wants you to be joyful. He wants you to be happy. And you know, actually, that's part of God's kingdom coming. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self control. And actually, as people see those as fruit in our lives, it draws people in. But why are you so happy in this time where there's so much struggle going on? What, what is it, What what's, what's going on how can you respond in that way it's God's kingdom it's God's kingdom come so I just want to finish just by praying for us really yeah, I just encourage you if you're able just to stand up um, I'm just going to it's going to start by inviting God's Spirit to move. God, I thank you that you are faithful. I thank you that you are good. Lord, I thank you that you're calling us to greater intimacy with you. Lord, and so I just say, Lord, let your spirit of adoption move afresh upon us now. Yes. Lord. We want to see changed communities. We want to be changed. We want our lives to be changed. We want our church to be changed. We want communities to be changed, Lord, by Your grace. But Lord, we thank You that that isn't a legalistic thing where we just have to put lots of laws and regulations into order. But it starts from us humbly just saying, "Jesus, we follow You." Yeah. It starts by us just just saying is saying God we we choose to engage with renewing our minds with repenting where we need to repent (laughs) with changing the way we think and so Holy Spirit even now I just pray come stir our hearts and our minds Mm. come do what only you can do Mm. oh God come do what only you can do Bring us revelation of what it means to be your dearly loved children. But also revelation of what it means to be your ambassadors. Those that you've commissioned from the place of all authority to make disciples and to bring your kingdom here on the earth. Thank you for that joy and that privilege. Amen.